0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we have quite a number of things that we need to do yet tonight, but I'd like to go into the Word of the Lord from the book of Proverbs, the 31st chapter, and then Sister Grant's got all of these flowers she's going to be passing out, and I don't really know what all is going to take place, and I know that uh, everything that we do is so very, very important. The ladies just had a retreat, and I understand it was the best retreat ever. Is that right? And we're hoping Thursday night we can just hear a good full report on this, and uh, we're planning on that. Praise God. Oh, I'll tell you, Sister Snow called, and she was so excited, or Brother Snow called, and he... He was kind of delivering the message. Sister Grant tried to talk with Sister Snow and couldn't get a hold of her. I guess the Friday night service went to about 12 o'clock at night, something like that. And uh, the ladies started at, uh, oh, who knows, 6 o'clock, 6.30, something like that. And it went to 12 o'clock at night. So it must have been a dynamite service. Praise God. So a lot of great things are happening. I really do appreciate uh, all of the work and the labor that all of you are contributing here at Calvary Gospel Church. And I'll tell you, Brother Brunker's been mowing that lawn, and Brother uh, Sonny Hans uh, uh, over our men's ministries, and he's got the yard, just all the bark and everything out there. You notice how beautiful it is when you come in? Praise God. Oh, it's great. The only thing not so good about springtime is you have to mow all the time. <clears throat> and lawnmowers stay torn up more than they stay together. You ever notice that? <clears throat> Get a good one, and with next year, it won't work. <clears throat> Proverbs the thirty-first chapter, verse ten. Now, this is not really a preaching message tonight, and uh, this is just a tribute to Sister Grant. Now I told you this morning that I was going to do this, and I I, uh, I tried to figure out a title, and I came up with uh, some real uh, snazzy titles, and 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 I kind of dropped all that. Nobody would help me, uh, so uh, I I just really don't have anything to title this. <clears throat> So I I did say this, I might title it, The Big Cheese Offers a Big Squeeze. (coughs) (laughs) Don't put that on the tape yet, Brother Brown. Praise God. So let's look at the word of the Lord. Verse 10 of Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She would do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. In other words, her work is never finished. Women always say that. A woman's work is never done. You ever heard that? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> you go all the way through verse 31. Perhaps most of you have read this. And it just, I'm telling you, uh, there is just so much in this. First, Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household, and he is not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also, and he praiseth her. And this is what I want to do tonight. I I made a a New Year's resolution, and that is that I wasn't going to pick on Sister Grant during my preaching in 1996. I said that, didn't I? And so far, I have kept my promise. You may be seated. Why? Now, let me just ask a question. Sister Grant, you have not heard me pick on you in nineteen ninety six, have you? Not from behind the pulpit. You know. So now I know that she steps out every now and then, you know. And and a, a couple of times I almost forgot. I mean I, I really did. I just almost forgot. Now you have to understand that, that Sister Grant and I fully understand each other you know we really do and she understands that everything that i say is said in fun i really do mean that i i think i think that one of the my biggest complaints my greatest pet peeve of of all is when uh a spouse would take a swing uh, in a public place. I think. I think it's just it's in bad taste. Just it is. Now, she and I have this thing, you know. Uh, I mean, we've been married quite a few years. Thirty-six years and six months. We have been married. Do you believe that? And uh, I I do believe, now Brother Manley said this. I saw Brother and Sister Manley slip in. They were up in Fond du Lac this, this morning. And where is Brother Manley? There he is. Brother Manley said, Brother Grant, nobody <laughs> could live with you but Sister Grant. <clears throat> Doesn't bother me. Now, he also... <laughs> no, I want, I can't tell the other half of it, can I? <clears throat> really what he said was... He's, <laughs> I can't even tell this. Step away from the pulpit. I said behind the pulpit, didn't I? Didn't I? I, I did say... How many of you heard me say behind the pulpit? Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> Well, I put my foot in my mouth this morning when I was talking about Martha and Burry. And <clears throat> so, I mean, Martha just turned red. Have you ever noticed how red Martha's ears turn red? They just turn real red. <clears throat> and Martha looked at Burry when I was saying this and said, Why did you marry me? He said, Well, your, your folks have a lot of hunting land <laughs> He actually said that, (laughs) didn't he, Martha? He said that, didn't he? Now, I, I want you to know one thing, that I consider my wife to be a model wife, an ideal wife. And when I go through this I want you to understand that there's a whole lot of things about Sister Grant that it would not necessarily be true of all of the ladies in the church. And I am not saying what I'm saying that because I expect this, or neither should you as a husband, that everybody has their own personality, everybody has their own way of doing things. You understand what I'm saying? And just because I consider Sister Grant to be an ideal person, a role model for all the ladies, does not mean that I feel that the only way that certain things should be done is the way that she does them. I think that's very important. I would not want one mother, not one lady of this congregation to leave tonight disappointed. And neither would I ever want any husband in this congregation to say, well, Brother Grant said, Sister Grant does this. You see, every man is right in his own eyes. Now, that does not mean he's right, but that's the way he perceives things. You follow what I'm saying? Like, to the pure, all things are pure. Now, that doesn't mean, ultimately, everything you do, if you're your motive is pure that it's right but to you it's right that's why you do it it may be far from the truth see but basically this is what i want to say that if a man has enough horse sense to treat his wife like a thoroughbred she will never become an old nag That's just, you know what horse sense is, don't you? It's good, stable thinking. <laughs> see. see, troubles start in marriage often when a man is too busy earning his salt and not taking care of his sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promised that I was gonna have fun doing this because if there's anything that I appreciate about Sister Grant is that she is enjoying the journey through life. I preached a message, a real fun message to me, and I entitled Enjoy the Journey. And I don't think that I've ever seen anyone as flexible. And all the days that I have been on this planet Earth as my wife. Now, please understand, you know, my mother is not here. And I do not care because she's not here to address the subject tonight. But I do want to talk about the mother of our three boys. Sister Grant was born June 14, 1943. In Amherst, Texas. Now, I don't know if you know where Amherst is. I don't even think she knows. <clears throat> but I do. It's in the western part, panhandle part of the state of Texas. Now, there's nothing that grows out there. Nothing. When she was born, they even had to leave. <clears throat> it just, there's just nothing that grows out there. West Texas, most people, you know, when they think of Texas, they think of... Just wide open spaces, you know. Just, you know. I remember one time Fred Foster referred to someone as having Texas teeth. I said, what do you mean Texas teeth? He said, well, they got wide open spaces. <clears throat> but there's more to Texas than just that. <laughs> the, the part of Texas that we're from, East Texas, now you may not... Uh, some of you have been through there. Brother Miller goes down that way. But the part that we're from, actually, it it has a lot more trees than, than here in Wisconsin. Now, that's pretty hard for you to believe, I'm sure. But uh, how many of you have been in East Texas? Raise your hand. Oh, look at all the people. See? It is <clears throat> it is a great, great, great place. Some man, One man said the best thing coming out of Texas, though, is Interstate 20. And when I moved to Wisconsin, people said, uh, you know, if Texas is so great, how come all you Texas preachers come up here to Wisconsin? You ever heard that? Well, let me give you the answer. God knows exactly what you folks need. (laughs) I asked the question twice so I get a few more amens. No, I'm just joking about all this. You know, I I remember the first time that I saw uh, Sister Grant. And she was just a, a, a very, very young lady. And what happened, I was on the school bus getting ready to go home. And I'm not for sure just how old she was, but she got on the wrong bus. She got on our school bus. And she started down the aisle, and she realized she was on the wrong bus. Now, her, she's always been very, her skin's very fair. Sister Grant went through her teenage years and never had a pimple. Can you believe that? <clears throat> I'm serious with you. Just, just her skin's just been so fair. And, and uh, at that time, she was so light. You know, she's almost transparent. You could almost see her bones. John, John and Lori have three boys, and I said they—they just when they were born, they were just all—I mean, just exactly the same. I mean, they just all look, you know, the same. Looked like triplets, but they were born like several years apart, and just so fair, you know. And of course, uh, Lori uh, has those physical characteristics, but little Bryce. And you're talking about tough, you know. That little boy is tough. Wow, is he ever tough. But he was just so light, you could almost see his bones when he was born. But Sister Grant had this white hair. I mean, it was just as white as cotton. But the thing about it is, when I saw her, I thought, now this is the most beautiful child. I looked at her as a child because I'm three years older, you know a well, big guy that makes a whole lot of difference one year in junior high you know I said this is the most beautiful child I have ever seen and then I would uh, see her occasionally uh, I was officially introduced to her I think when I was in the eleventh grade or maybe the the summer between the tenth and eleventh I'm not for sure but uh, I remember the first time I met her. I had a cast on my on my leg. I'd had this football accident, and I had the football accident November thirteenth, nineteen fifty seven. So it was either late in the year fifty seven or early in the year fifty eight. And uh, my sister was uh, a close friend to uh, to Darlene, and so she came down to the house one time i'm not for sure just what but for what reason but she 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 kept telling my sister kept telling darling said i got this real cute brother <clears throat> that uh, you've got to meet <clears throat> well at any rate I, I did meet her later on uh, i think it was later on they had a some the late the girls had a slumber party and darling didn't have a way home and so, you know, I have my driver's license. I'm going to take this, this angel haired girl. Her, her hair had turned kind of golden then. And she wasn't so transparent anymore. <laughs> She's weathering a little. <laughs> now, that wasn't meant to be unkind, you know. <laughs> Boy, I had to watch. I made this promise. Wasn't I dumb when I did that? (laughs) But I remember when I took her home, I had, I mean, I didn't have one dime. Not, I mean, not one penny. And I wanted to stop by, but I had forgotten, see, and so I was planning on stopping by the Dairy Queen. I don't know if you know this, but Henderson, Texas has the oldest Dairy Queen in the world. That is that that's in the same building. It didn't start the Dairy Queens didn't, but still in the same building. And uh, this was kind of a teenage hangout spot. You know, we we'd go over there and listen to Fats Domino and <laughs> Little Richard, <laughs> Pat Boone, you know. <clears throat> Those wow guys. <clears throat> and I was planning on pulling in and I ju- just got ready to pull in, would you believe? I realized, hey, I don't have a dime. And I sensed that that she knew we were gonna pull in, and I didn't want to disappoint her. And and I, I was trying my best to be nice and to impress her, you know. And so when I, I kind of slowed down and I, I, I said, you look, I would like to buy you something to drink, but I am financially embarrassed. <laughs> I still remember telling her that. <clears throat> I don't know if she knew what that meant, but since then she's learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, I still have the cash, too. <clears throat> But uh, you know, for some reason, and, and I, I I teach against love at first sight. I think that is really a bad policy. But that I mean, don't follow your heart uh, just because you know, you, because you know, you get caught up in your emotions. If you feel that the person that you fell in love with, so to speak, you know. It is the person for you, you still should become very well acquainted with that person. I think that is very, very important. When we first started dating, we had to double date. You know, because the parents just felt that we were just too young. And and I agreed with that. I had absolutely no problem with that at all. So, we we double date with the dated with uh, my sister and now my brother-in-law. But uh, I felt from the very beginning that that she was going to be my wife. I really felt that. Now, I had a lot of other girls in high school that I was quite fond of. (laughs) you know how that goes you know of course guys like to think that anyway now if you ask the girls that might have been a different story but but uh, i i just really i i just felt that that for some reason this she was god's gift to me and we did date about a year and a half or maybe two years. Now, she was very young. Uh, like I say, to, to start with, we did very little dating. We would double date. And uh, later on, we got a little bit older. Now, I, I, have, I don't think I've ever said how young Sister Grant was when we married. Not behind the pulpit. I don't think I have. But I want to I tell you this tonight. Sister Grant was 16 when we got married. Can you believe that? Now, when I look out and I see these precious little children <clears throat> that are 16. How many of you girls are 16? At least 16. Okay. Nobody's going to raise their hand. Not. But <clears throat> Sarah 16 16. Uh, we've got a we got others that are 16 and above. I mean, how many of let's say, how many of you are 16 to to 18 in that area? Oh, now a lot of hands go up. Okay, all right. All right. Well, now, when I see a 16-year-old girl today, keep in mind, though, I was 18. You know, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Now, you know, when I talk to, to you, there is, there is no way that you could convince me today that we were ready for marriage. No way! Now, back then, you know, I would have I would have just waded into a buzzsaw. You know, I, I felt that. Now, there's just no way I would, you know, I just know that's just not true. People can't be ready for marriage then. So I do not advocate this, and any of you 16-year-olds, please don't come around and try to change my mind. Because you never know what I might do. You know, uh, it's it's just too young. Now, the thing about it is, (laughs) I don't know if it was just our culture or what, but there were a whole lot of kids in high school that got married. A lot of them even younger than us, if you can believe that. Brother Merrick, he's from Ohio. He got married when he was 17. Look at that. Now, I turned, I turned 19 the ne- next week after we got married, so that makes that makes a little bit different, but very little. <clears throat> very little. Now, Sister Grant, her, her, her dad was just a hard-working man. He drove a, a semi-truck until he was, what, 70, 72 years old. he drive this semi-truck, beat the road. Prior to that, he did some, he worked at a sawmill, I think, when we got married. I think he was driving a semi-truck then. And before that, he did some truck farming or, you know, raising produce, vegetables and such. And you would think, you know, that Sister Grant coming off of kind of a farm background would not have been quite so gullible about things. But uh, maybe it was her age, you know. I told some of these things. I can't repeat them now, you know. But uh, we wanted to have a garden, and of course, she is really allergic to a lot of blossoms and such. We planned a garden, and Sister Granny got so sick. The very first disagreement, argument that we ever had was like two weeks after we were married. She got sick. Well, see, when we were when we were dating, now my mom, let me tell you. I was one of five children. The only boy had four sisters. I had to take my turn washing dishes. I had to wash my own clothes and iron my own clothes. She came down one Sunday afternoon at the house, and I was ironing clothes. She just pushed me out of the way and said, Look, when we get married, you'll never have to iron clothes again. So... I didn't forget it. <laughs> so, our very first argument was over that statement. She was sick in bed, and I—I got—I the day I graduated, I started on a job. I had no idea how much I was going to get paid. My dad gave me a, a, a hammer a framing square and he gave me a, a big 16 pound mall because i was going to work our pastor was was a, a carpenter so i was going to do carpentry work and and i remember going and talking to this man i said the foreman i said i need a job and he looked at me and said can you can you drive nails and i said well sure i can drive nails what experience have you you had i said well i've been working uh in the summer i've helped uh, you know, frame up a couple of houses and things. He said, fine. I said, he said, you, you start tomorrow. Well, what if my graduation day? And I said, well, I, I'm graduating tomorrow. He said, do you want a job or not? He said, then welcome to the real world. He said, you don't graduate till the evening, do you? And I said, no. He said, well, see you in the morning at 7. Well, he just, I thought, well, how much is he going to pay me? So I went and asked him. I said, "You, how much are you going to pay me? You know what he told me? He said, Well, how do I know? I don't know if you can work or not. I I said, Well, uh, what can I expect? He said, Well, I'll pay you every penny that you're worth. Would you believe I worked all week long? I had no idea how much I was getting. He paid me a dollar an hour, and that was pretty good wages $40 a week. Can you believe that? When I graduated, I had huge blisters on my hands. Man, I worked that day, and I, I, I swung that hammer all day long, and this guy, wouldn't let up. And I just had these huge blisters. So, at any rate, that was in May of 1959. We were married in November 1959. She was sick in bed, and I... When, when when you started on a job doing carpenter work you had to wear these these uh, carpenter overalls pinstripe they had the the, the nail pouch attached you know I, I came in and I was driving nails with just a pair of jeans on and one of these little freebies that you get from the lumber company and the boss came around and said if you work for me he said you're going to you, until you learn to be a carpenter you're going to look like a carpenter Go get yourself some, some overalls. Well, my, I didn't have any money, you know. But we, I went and got overalls. Well, uh, <clears throat> this story is getting long, I know. But <clears throat> we got married, and uh, I only had a couple pair of overalls. That's uh, so uh, one pair was was dirty, and I didn't wash them. And she got sick, and the other pair got dirty, and so all I did was. I got up, got ready to go to work, and she was just in bed. I'm really sick. I went in there and said, hon, I really need some overalls. She said, I have been so sick. I just can't. And I said, but you promised me. (laughs) Wow. Now, let me tell you something. That worked faster than anointing her with oil for healing. She popped up in that bed and she snapped her eyes at me. Wow so, <clears throat> felt like I'd said something wrong, you know.. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> We've been through some very, very great times together and some very disappointing times together. We've been through some very lean times and some very plenteous times. But I, I can truthfully say this, not one time in all the years that we have been married has our relationship been hindered because of the bad times, the good times, the lean times, the plenteous times. And I, I must say that I have to give my wife the credit for all this because she is the most flexible person that I know of. doesn't take much to make her happy. doesn't take much at all. We've pastored churches in which we just had to rake and scrape and give everything we had. And uh, she was always there. If she didn't get a new dress, it didn't make any difference. If if all the clothes that, that she wore were clothes that people gave her, it wouldn't make any difference at all. The most trusting individual that I know of. We were married November 6th, Friday evening, 1959. We moved in a, a duplex. The duplex that we moved in, it was a very nice place. It was $25 a month. We, we shopped around thinking we'd find something cheaper, but we finally decided we'd pay $25 a month. And we had not lived there very long, and we found a house, a pretty nice place, uh, and we paid $35 a month. So, well, we'll, we'll make the sacrifice. You know, that's... So we, we, we gave that. Um... Our eldest son, John, was born January 25th, 1961. I still remember when I took Sister Grant to the to the hospital. It was the hardest thing in the world. They had to induce labor, and she was so, I mean, she was sick. She was uncomfortable. Uh, and they gave her a hypo shot. And she went wild. Seriously. Now, she threatened to kill the doctor. (laughs) The doctor told me. He said, wow, did you hear her? I could hear her screaming all the way down the hallway. She said, you lay another hand on me and I'll kill you. She, She went wild, I'm serious with you. And I just had to just sit there. I said, oh, my, what in the world. And I still remember her screaming. Crying. I thought, mm, who would ever want to have a baby? Seriously. You know, we men, listen, we, we should really honor our wives. I'll tell you what, to have a child is quite an ordeal. And the thing about it is that, that women turn around and want another one. I can't figure that out. But if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here because I was the second child of our family. And John wasn't too old until we we went and visited uh, uh, actually a cousin of mine and and he and his wife had had a child and she held that little child and she got this gleam in her eye and I thought now wait well, we got a little baby I mean and we got got to talk later and she said you know I'd like to have another child I said because we had talked about we'd like to have two boys and we'd like to have them close together and we'd like to wait a while and have our girl. Was our game plan. But I thought, now this is a little bit too close. And so Roy was born August 7, 1962. And Roy was this the scrawniest little thing, just skinny. Uh, just, Roy has always been quite a unique individual. Roy's not here. Roy's sick. In fact, John and Roy both. Maybe they knew I was going to do this. I don't know. No, it had no bearing on that. But Roy was just like a clinging vine. He would not let go of his mother, and he'd just cry. You just have to pull him off, you know. He'd just scream and cry, and hold on, and the little arms. He looked like just some kind of little featherless bird. You know <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> it sure has changed, I'll tell you. <clears throat> Here's what happened though. My wife was rooted and grounded in the Baptist doctrine, and I was not a member of any church at the time. My mother was going to Pentecostal church. she had the Holy Ghost. My dad was not going. My mother wanted us to go. My dad did not always uh, make me go. There were times, you know, what, what, you know what? It's a strange thing about this church business. You just listen to me. I, I hope that, 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 that that'll, many of you will get some, some good out of this. Strange thing about this church business. Now, my dad wouldn't go. And he wouldn't make me go until I got in trouble. And then he said, You're going to church with your mother. And I want you to sit up right by her, and don't get back there by those teenagers and talk. And I want you to listen to everything that Brother Fuller says. You hear? In other words, he thought church was the answer. Well, I was in trouble. And then if I'd be on my best behavior. Then I would uh, I would talk with him, and 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 I'd get out of going. So I really wasn't a. A church going person, so much. But I wanted to impress her. You see, deep down inside, I knew that the apostolic message was truth. I searched it out in the Scripture. Let me tell you something. When you think that some of these young people are not reading their Bibles and searching it out, not even listening to preachers, you're badly mistaken. I mean, I searched this out in the Scripture. I listened to it. I analyzed it. I looked in the Bible. I did everything. That I knew to do. Now, before we got married, I actually went—I think a year or a year and a half—and never even missed a Sunday. Then I was just trying to impress her. I got one of these little pins that said, "You know, I'd been in church." Uh, I think they gave them a year, and, and then I backslid. But she belonged to the Baptist church, and she—I mean, she she was really involved in it. And and please understand, you know, she had a very fine pastor. Her pastor married us uh, one time in our marriage. I I told her, I said, I don't even think we're we're. I don't even think we're married. I don't, I don't think that document even counts. And she said, Why? I said, Well, we don't believe anything else they preach. Why should we believe that? <clears throat> Wasn't the right thing to say. God got a hold of my heart, though, and and I gave I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, April fifteenth, nineteen sixty one. The thing about it was, she was not convinced that she wanted to become Pentecostal. In fact, she was convinced she did not want to become Pentecostal. Brother, uh, Ennis Fuller was our pastor. Brother Johnny Wilhoit, our the missionary, brother Wilhoyt, was the evangelist. In fact, I think he was preaching his first revival. didn't even have a license. He was 21 years of age. And that's when I gave my heart to the Lord. Sister Grant just fought and fought and fought. She'd come to church with me. Later on, Roy was born. And then she'd come. What What happened was Brother Fuller resigned the church, moved to Houston, Texas. And Brother Wilholt took the church. He got his license, so he took the church. He was 20. One or twenty-two, then very young, pastoring our church, and Sister Grant would come, and she, would Roy, just I mean, let me tell you something. Just about time conviction would set in in a service. You know what happened? Roy'd start crying, and she'd grab him up, take him out, and she'd sit outside because we didn't have a nursery. You know, in our church. It, it's amazing. Nobody made any telephone calls. Nobody went to the nursery. Nobody went to the restroom. Why? We didn't have any of that. I mean, when you were there, you were there for good. <clears throat> so <clears throat> she grabbed him and take take him out. Well, one time, you know, I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. You know, it, it is amazing. It, you know, God just covers up for our ignorance. But in all of this You know, while Sister Grant would uh, would uh, not agree with me, while I wasn't kind to her, she was always very, very kind to me. I knew that this was right, but the problem is that that my attitude was wrong. After I received the Holy Ghost, I got this holier than thou attitude. You know, I'd tell her, "Well, those folks over there—they don't even have the Holy Ghost. They don't even believe the Bible." Well, that's not really true, you know. They, they do believe. They don't believe all the truth. I, I, I still contend that, but it doesn't mean they're not sincere. It doesn't mean they don't care. That's not true at all. The Boy, I just blasted her. Just You know what she'd always do? She'd just be so nice. One time, though, I just went outside the church and I said, well, I'm taking this boy. I said, you know, there's one thing for sure. I said, if you go to hell, you'll not use my son as an excuse for going there. Did you believe that? I did. You know what she did? She went back in the church and she was mad. Now, if you don't think God covers for you as a new convert, I mean, I was steaming mad and she was too, so I'm outside and this kid's just screaming he didn't like his dad. Just scream, 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 scream. She goes back inside the church. Later on, I come back inside, and I said, where is she? Where? Where is Darlene? Where did she go? And and behind the pulpit area was the Sunday school classes, and, and I, I heard a bunch of people praying and everything. And what happened was she had gone around there and went in one of those rooms, and she was so mad at me and... Would you believe that some dear sister of the church saw her, went back there, began to talk to her, and she began to weep and cry? And the sisters got up one by one and went in there, and she received the Holy Ghost in that sun school room. Of course, I thought it was because of me being firm. I found out later on it. My pastor told me, said it really wasn't that at all. that she received the Holy Ghost in spite of your bad attitude. We went to Bible school. Steve was born January 12, 1966. Sister Grant became a grandmother at a very young age of 41. And I want to say this again to... All of you, and more specifically to my precious wife and the mother of my children. Darlene, you're the most flexible, agreeable person that I've ever met. I mean that with all my heart. You know this she is the most loyal person that I know of to her household. I think sometimes she's a little bit biased, maybe too protective. But there's one thing that, that she does and, and I I just I've got to say this. Darlene trusts me. She trusts me one hundred percent. I do not know ever of a time in which she has conveyed or projected or admitted in any way a spirit of distrust in my judgments. Now, that is a very rare quality. I I sometimes shiver because I'm not for sure that's safe. She has a, a true servant's heart. She never doubts me. She's the only person I know of that I could probably go to right now and say, I don't want you to ask any questions. I just want you to get get in the car, and I could give her an out-of-town address and say, just go there and knock on the door, and you'll find out what you're supposed to do. I guarantee if I ask her to do that, she'd do that. I don't know that that's safe. I will say this, that she is just a a true fun person. I mean, she, she likes to have fun in everything she does. Just, I get serious about things. I even, I begged her to help me worry about things. Finances, she could care. She says, oh, listen, I trust you. If we go bankrupt, so we go bankrupt. If we eat high on the hog, so to speak, so we do. Nobody starves in America. You can do it, John. She's not going to worry about it. I'm serious with you. There's never one time that I've said that God wanted me to do something that she's even doubted it. Now, and I do not say this in in any, uh, in any negative sense. Please understand. I do not say this in any negative sense. I have never even thought about praying, God, if you want me to do this, you've got to confirm this through my wife. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know the reason why I haven't prayed that? Because I don't think it would make any difference to her. Because she says, if you're out of the will of God... I'll just be all the will of God with you I guess because we're together. And if you suffer, I'll suffer with you. Now that's a very very rare quality. Like I said, I don't know how safe that is. I told her not too long ago I said, "Honey, if you ever leave me, I'm going with you." <coughs> It's just the way I feel about it. Yet she's just 100% ladylike. Every time you see her, she's just neat and such. But you know, the funniest thing one time, I heard Carolyn Thorpe laughing, and I said, what are you laughing about? And Kitty Rawson was laughing, and we looked out, and Sister Grant was in old blue, Now, Old Blue was Roy's old beat-up Chevrolet truck. And she was in there with Craig Rossing, and they were going to haul some hay. And Craig, Jane, bless your heart, he is a hillbilly. I'm telling you, you have just... I'm going to tell you one thing. He's going to take starch out of you. Watch what I tell you. He's going to have you camping out. <clears throat> Jane Wittenbach has never had a mosquito bite. <clears throat> she doesn't even know there are ticks out in the woods. <clears throat> She's learning. But would you believe Sister Grant went by driving old blue? Craig was not old enough to drive then, and he was in the, in the passenger side, and they had some hay on, and, the, and Craig, I don't know where he got these two before, but it looked like they were broke off, and they were stuck down in the bed of that sticking up. They were going to get a load of hay. And, and Sister Rossing and Carolyn were laughing, and I said, what? She said, now there are two true blue hicks. It was the funniest, came through the church parking lot. I thought, oh my, I hope nobody recognizes that this is the pastor's wife. went all the way up (laughs) to Greg Martins and picked up a load of hay out of the barn and and brought it back. She's a true ranch hand. I told her, I said, you know what, if I were not your husband, I'd want to be, number one, your horse. Number two, I'd like to be your cat. She's gonna take. She's gonna take care of him. <clears throat> when you folks were so kind as to buy us the Cadillac that we drive, I told her, I said, I want you to drive the Cadillac. I'll drive the pickup truck. She says, You're not gonna take my truck away from me, are you? I said, But hon, what do you need a truck for? She said, Well, what would you need one for? And I said, Well, I mean, you know. Just a way. Never a dull moment. Always laughs. She, you know, there's one thing about Sister Grant that, that's very important. You listen to this. She laughs at her own mistakes. She'll be the first person to laugh at her own mistakes. Charlie, how could any Smith turn out to be this good? Tell me. <laughs> you don't know, huh? Just thoroughbred, Okay. <laughs> never a dull moment. There's one thing that she does, and I, I like it, but I don't like it. I can be almost asleep like Sunday night, and she'll get the comics. And she'll read those comics in the bed and start laughing. And she will laugh and laugh and laugh. Now, I'm the type of person that I'll laugh if there's somebody to laugh with. But I I don't care how funny something is if I read it and there's nobody to laugh about. I just don't laugh. I just think, oh, that's real funny. And I'll tell it later on and laugh. But she'll just laugh. I said, would you please put those stupid comics up and turn the light off? She said, oh, this is so funny. i got to read it to you. I said, oh, spare me. Don't be reading me that. She said, well, this will liven up your day. I said, liven up my day. I want my day to end. I want to die right now. I want to go to sleep. Never a dull moment. Very adventurous. We have some horses. We actually bought those horses because she just liked us to ride horses. Oh, I do too. You know, but uh, we load those horses up. Uh, we got the horses. I said, listen, this is what you got to do, though. We get a horse. You want a horse. Buy you a horse, but this is what you got to do. You got to learn to saddle your own horse, catch your own horse, saddle your own horse, handle your own horse when the farrier comes to put shoes on it, uh, clean out the horse's stall. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Now, what are you saying, Brother Graham? You know, there's a whole lot of negative things that you can always say about your spouse, and it's also true of your mother. You know, there's a a lot of negative things that I could say about my mother and about my wife. But, you know, isn't it true that, that life just goes so much better when you just pick out the good things? And that's what Mother's Day is all about. It gives us the opportunity one time a year to look at all the positive traits they far outweigh. Let me tell you, too. The older I get, the more I understand what Peter was talking about when he said charity or love covers a multitude of sins. You know, if you really love someone, you've heard people say this. They they hear something. It's a little bit of question of, you know it's questionable, and they'll say, "Who told you that?" You want to say, "Whatever doesn't matter," because it, it matters to them because they will form an opinion according to who said it or who did it. I told you the story about Carolyn, didn't I? Carolyn Thorpe just takes up for Sister Grant. I said, "You did, honestly, I, I'm, I'm just." And she said, I don't so I thought now I, I'm going to let two or three days go by and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say a word and I'm gonna go in there And I made up this <laughs> I made up this outlandish story. I said, I got something I want to tell you." And, and she said, what And you know Carolyn, she perks up what? And I began to go into this. I forget what the story was and I said, can you believe what someone just did? And I told this terrible, just, I don't know, just goofy something. She said, you know, Carolyn's very reactionary, she said, what? Oh, nobody. I said, yes. She said, who? And I said, Sister Grant. She said, well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) The mother of my three children. My wife for 36 and a half years, and my pick, if I had to pick a wife today, would be Leona Darlene Smith-Grant, the lady that I dearly love, and I want to grow old with her. Talking about growing old with, with her, let me tell you something funny that happened just this past week, Tuesday. Somebody called, and we were eating, and she answered the phone. And she talked, and she even asked me questions, and, and so I answered the questions. Well, she the morning hung up, and I got thinking about it, and I couldn't remember who had called, and I hated to ask. I said, hon, I got to know." I said, "I am so sorry. Who called a few minutes ago?" She laughed, and said, "You are getting old. You can't remember." And I said, "Honestly, I can't." I said, "Who?" And she got this blank look on her face. She says, I don't remember. <laughs> Hon, I want you to come here if you would. <clears throat> this is the lady that I'm going to enjoy growing old with. I love her. I love you too. And she wants... She wants to pass out all these roses to all of you lovely mothers. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, we do love you. We worship you, God. We praise you.
1: <laughs> you may be seated. Brother Thomas just said a great thing. He said, the next hour I have. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thinking seriously after hearing him tonight I may put myself on the preaching schedule father's day I like
0: that yeah. Don't forget all these good things
1: right <laughs> yeah he said he said don't forget all the good things he said about me but I think I could go back in the tape cabinet back here and find a lot of things he said in the past you know he said He's a great guy, but he sure sticks his foot in his mouth. <laughs> I'll tell you the maddest I ever got at him. Craig knows what our stockade looks like. Him and Jeff built it. That's what uh, Roy calls it, our st- tantric. Anyway, something it's not a penitentiary, but you keep steers in it. Well, Craig and them built this thing. And, I mean, you, you put an animal in it, and there's no way they can get out unless they fly, right? So, anyway, it was real muddy and mucky. Well, you know, Brother Grant's got a bad ankle, and he's got a bad knee. And this was before Charlie came. So, I was his cow horse, so to speak. I got in there, and I worked those critters. Well, anyway, Johnny was down there, and I don't know who else was down there, but I got to chasing one of those animals. No, it wasn't even a cow. It was his horse. I was trying to catch his horse, and that horse got away from me, and I lost my footing, and I fell in that stuff, and it wasn't all mud. (laughs) And you know what he did? Brother Grant says liquid hay. He had the nerve to laugh at me. I was so messed up, and my arm was buried this deep. And John looked at me, our son. He said, oh, Mom. And he was so sympathetic. And I looked at Brother Grant, and I wanted to throw something at him. But I couldn't find anything that would stay together. (laughs) Well, needless to say... I finally, we were living at Rowan Lewis's I finally got back to Rowan Lewis's. I had to wrap myself in something, to even right in the van. It was awful. But anyway, he laughed at me, and that was, I got so upset at it. But I still love him. Isn't that fantastic? Well, we're so glad all you mothers are here. And, uh, brother, I want Brother Brown to play a tape. But I want all you mothers to stand. All mommies to stand. Now, Charlie's holding up one finger. What does that mean? Just a minute. Okay. Do we have any mothers in the nursery? (laughs) We got one finger sticking out. Could she step out here, Debbie? Could the mother in the nursery step out? Oh. Maybe it's impossible. Okay, but anyway, I want all the mothers to come up front and stand. And while they're coming, I want Brother Brown to play this tape. And there is a a lady here. Come on up. There's a lady here that I think has helped raise every pastor's kid. My son was reminiscing yesterday. She has courageously survived the grant kids. They once tied this poor lady up in the middle of my living room where brother and sister Manley are present living, presently living, and she was tied up and bound and they wouldn't let her loose. I want you to go back and give this to Jan Rager. there's anybody that deserves to go to heaven because of this? It's Jan. The the kids was first, and then bless her heart, she was blessed with ours. <laughs> now we have some parents tonight that are sick. I know uh, Sister Moore is sick. Uh, Sister Richie is sick. I want the kids, their the children that are here, or the kids that are here. I don't want to say children because I think the the girls would be insulted. But if your mom is ill and cannot be here, would you come up and get a flower so you can take it home to her? And let them know we're praying for them and we miss them tonight. Okay. Okay. All, did everybody get a flower that's supposed to get a flower? Who didn't? Oh, uh, Brother um, Burry, would you please take a flower back to Sister Weekly? Sister Peggy is hemmed in. She's right over here in the back corner. She can't get out to get her poor mother a flower. <clears throat> Okay, I want all of you out there to look at all these beautiful ladies up here and give them a great big hand. you. You ladies may go back to your seats.
0: hallelujah, hallelujah. We're standing on holy ground. Can you start it, baby? Yeah, come on up. Start it, buddy. We are standing on holy angels all around, let us praise Jesus now, we are standing in His presence on holy ground. You have to understand, you know, in a church it's not evangelism all the way. That's a very, very important part of the church. But but we have to we have to endorse everything that God endorses. And no church is any stronger than its families. And this is so important. What we did tonight is as important as anything that we've done all year long. But what I want you to do, I want you to just worship God and enter into the presence of God. If there's anyone here that needs prayer of any kind, deliverance, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you have a a problem, you need counsel here at the altar or whatever, as we sing this, we want you to come down to the front, surrender your life to the Lord, give your heart to Him, stand with me if you would. We are standing